So this morning we are in our series titled Face to Face, and we've been looking at these encounters that Jesus had with a number of his disciples after he rose from the dead. And we continue that uh, by looking at this exchange from John chapter 21. There's a a saying, and maybe you've heard it before, maybe you've said it before, uh, repetition is the mother of learning. You heard that one before? Repetition is the mother of learning. Kind of the sense is that when you repeat things, when you say things or do things again and again, that's really where you begin to learn it. You begin to know it in your head, but also kind of know it instinctually, because repetition, repeating it over and over again, is the mother of learning. I think about it in a few different ways in my own life. I think about um, my oldest daughter, Andre, and we have a repeating problem with Andre. Uh, so when she hears a song that she likes, whether it's from a kid's show or whether it's from like the new Mario movie that we went to go see a few weeks ago, and, and Bowser sings of his love to Princess Peach. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. I know we got some fans in, in here. Uh, she becomes infatuated with it and wants to listen to it over and over again. Anytime we're in the car, anytime we're just doing anything and there's access to, to some sort of music device that we can listen to, she wants to hear that song and she'll go through stretches and we keep hearing the same song over and over again until it's in my nightmares, right? <laughs> like that's how it works. Like I said, we have a repeating problem with Andre. She loves to hear things on repeat. But here's the thing, you learn it. You get it in your brain, you get it in your heart, you get it deep down, you know it, because repetition is the mother of learning. Think about when you learned how to tie your shoes. Like, maybe when you think about when you were learning how to do it, or maybe you've, you've been with, with children who are learning how to do it, there's a lot of mental effort that goes into learning how to tie your shoes. Like, you got to focus, you can't Think about anything else. You're like, I got to figure out how to get this bunny swooped or looped or whatever. You got to figure out how to do it. And you used to do with a lot of energy to figure that out. But here's the thing. You do it over and over again until eventually you don't even need to think about it. You just do it. You just know how to tie your shoes. Why? Because repetition is the mother of learning. Or think about this. Um, what letter comes before L? What letter comes before L? Now, I'm not interested in if you know the right answer. Um, By the way, it's K, by the way. Uh, What I want to highlight to you is, how did you get there? When I asked you, what does the letter come before L, how did you get there? Did any of you in your own head do a little jingle? Yeah, right? Why is that? Because we learned it as a kid. We learned the song, the ABCs. And, and for many of us, still me, whenever I try and remember, okay, what letter? I got to say the little, little jingle. Why is that? Because repetition is the mother of learning. And you do it over and over again. You know it. You can do it instinctually. You learn it. And Jesus, he applies that same principle to his disciples. Repetition is the mother of learning. And what we see in John 21, in this encounter, face-to-face with Jesus, is Jesus loves to repeat himself so that his disciples learn. Jesus loves to repeat himself so that his disciples learn. 
Let's see what, what Jesus is teaching his disciples. So John 21, um, starting in verse 1, it, it says this. We heard it a, a little while ago, but it says, After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples. So this is now multiple times where the resurrected Jesus has come to his disciples and shown himself, revealed himself that I'm alive, I'm not dead, I've come back from, from, from the grave. He revealed himself to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were, with, were, were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. And the other disciples said to him, we will go with you. They went out and got in the boat, but that night they caught nothing. I want to highlight something to you that, that they have just experienced Easter. Like they have seen Jesus risen from the dead multiple times. He is alive, and, and the resurrection of Jesus, whether you realize it or not, it is called the hinge of history. Everything in the world changed at that moment. Everything. It has affected every square inch of our life, whether people are Christian or not. It has radically changed the entire world. And it was that single event. And these disciples, they saw it. They experienced it. And yet, what do they do after they've seen the resurrected Jesus? They go back to their old life. That's really what, what Peter was saying when he says, I'm going to go fishing. He went back to what was comfortable, what was safe, what was familiar. Because that was his job. That was the trade he had before Jesus called him. That was what they knew. That was what they were safe doing. And they, they were filled with fear and worry and stress. And you know what human beings do when we're filled with worry and anxiety and stress? You know what we typically do? We go to, to, to situations or, or things that, that are safe and comfortable and familiar. And, and on one level, that's not a bad thing. We need those places where when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressful, we need those kind of places to kind of remove ourselves and to pause and to kind of catch our breath, so to speak. But but here's what I know about, about people, because I know it about me, and I'm willing to bet about you, is that sometimes we can use those safe and familiar and, and non-scary things, and we can turn to them when we're trying to avoid something we know we need to do. When we know that there's a path we need to go down that we don't want to walk down for whatever reason, and we say, I'm going to stay where it's safe. I'm going to stay where it's comfortable. I'm going to stay where it's familiar. Because going down that path, that's unknown. I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm going to go fishing, Peter says. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be familiar. I'm going to be where it is comfortable. But as we keep reading, verse 4, we see what happens next. When they're kind of going back to their old ways, going back to their old life, picking up verse 4, it says, just as day was breaking, so they've fished all night and they got nothing, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. But they did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, 
Children, do you have any fish? Guys, you catch anything? And they answered him, no. And so Jesus calls to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. Now, John doesn't add it in, but I imagine the disciples have an eye roll in this moment. It's like someone coming into your workplace and being like, hey, I know that I don't do your job. I know that I am not in your line of work, but if you thought about doing it this way, how many of you would love that? (laughs) That's what Jesus is doing to them. This is their profession. They know what they're doing. They're experts. And he's like, why don't you try something else? But they do it. They cast it on the other side, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. And that disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John and his gospel, his way of saying himself, he recognized that it was Jesus. And so he tells Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard it, he put on his outer garment that he took off for work, and he rushed into the water and took off to go to Jesus. What is, is Jesus up to in this? Jesus, as he calls out to them from the shore, and he's telling them to, to put the net on the other side, um, John puts the pieces together in that moment. That Jesus is repeating. That Jesus is repeating his teaching to them. That Jesus is repeating his call to them. Because John then remembers in that very moment, about at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, some three years prior That they were out on a boat again, doing their job, and there was a man who called to them. Did you catch anything? No? Why don't you try it on the other side now? And again, I imagine it was an eye roll in that moment too. But they do it, and and they can't bring it in. It's so many fish. It's so many. And it's in that moment where, where they see who this man was. It was Jesus, and they had heard rumors about him. They had heard rumblings about he's not just a normal man. He seems to be a, a powerful, holy man sent from God. And so they begin to listen to him. And Jesus says these words. He says, do not be afraid. From now on, you won't be just fishermen. You will be catching people, or you will be fishers of men. And when they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. And John, in this moment, and the rest of the disciples on that boat again, are hearing Jesus calling again, repeating it point by point to show them that his call was still for them. That he was calling them not to return to the safety and the familiar and the comfortable way that they had been in. But he was reminding them of the call to follow him. Which is where God wants us, but, but sometimes it's not safe in the sense that it's scary. And, and I can guarantee it's not comfortable. And, and we don't know how it exactly is going to play out, but we know who we're following And that's what Jesus was reminding them of. That he called them not to be safe and comfortable and to stay familiar, but rather to follow him wherever he leads them. And he's repeating it again and again to them because repetition is the mother of learning and they still needed to learn. They still needed to to know at a deeper level 
that their life wasn't about remaining safe and comfortable, but it was about following Jesus. You know, there's kind of a proverbial saying that the safest place for a ship is in the harbor. But that's not what they were made for. In the same way, these disciples, the safest place for them is to say to Jesus, no thanks, we're good. We're going to stay comfortable. We're going to stay familiar. But that's not what they were made for. They were made to listen to the voice of of their Savior, the voice of their Creator, and to follow Him, even to the unknown, even into the scary, even into where we would say, "Um, I don't know where this is leading, but I know who I'm following. And Jesus is calling them again and reminding them again that that's what it's all about, is to not to stay back, but to follow Him wherever He leads. Jesus is repeating Himself because he wants his disciples to learn to follow him. But Jesus continues, as we hear in verse 9 now, he's still teaching them, because there's still more to learn. Picking up in verse 9, it says, When they had got on the land, they saw a charcoal fire in place, with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, Key word, it's large fish. This isn't like some like wimpy thing. This is the stuff that like if you caught it, you took a picture of it and you framed it. And you know how many of those they caught? 153, John says. Like that is just insane. They're like, my goodness, we got so much. We don't know what to do with all this. They caught all of that and they brought it on board. And although there were so many, the net wasn't torn. It was some miracle of keeping it. And Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. How did they know that this was Jesus? It's because he's repeating himself again. Not only in the reminder of his calling to them, but in this small way, and you might have even overlooked it. You may not have even noticed it. But when they come to shore, what does Jesus already have ready for them? He's already got breakfast ready for them. He's already got the grill going. He's already got the food cooked. He's got the bread and the fish all good to go. He's like, I've already got it ready for you. And in the small way, Jesus is providing for them. And they see one more example of how Jesus is the one who provides. And they've been seeing it over and over again. Jesus has been repeating this to them over and over, showing that he is the one who provides in big ways, but even in these small ways, like having breakfast ready for the boys. He is the one who provides. And I imagine they remembered back to, to when they were with Jesus, and he's teaching this large crowd of people in the middle of nowhere. Like, there's no grocery store. There's no convenience store. There's nothing for people to get a a bite to eat, and Jesus has been teaching for a long time, and at the end of it, they're kind of reflecting, and they're like, hey, we got a lot of people here, and we've been here for a while, and they're hungry, and so Jesus looks to one of his disciples and is like, how much bread do we need to feed all these people? Um, Which they probably were thinking to themselves, this guy is insane. (laughs) We need so much bread, and we're in the middle of nowhere, Jesus. How are we going to get this much bread for people? And they kind of just like laugh them off, but, 
But there's a young boy that comes forward and says, here's my meal, here's my like packed lunch, and it's got a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. And Jesus says, I can work with this. And so he takes it and then just invites people to come forward. And, and in this small way, in this miraculous way, is feeding people from, from this simple meal, but it never ran out. And everybody had their fill. Everyone was satisfied. Everyone was provided for by Jesus. And the disciples had a front row seat to see this miracle. Just like how he miraculously gave them this boatload of fish, even though he's standing on the shore. Uh, But then Jesus, when he was instructing them about the kingdom of God, and he was preaching about the kingdom of God, he then told his disciples, now it's your turn. Now it's your turn to go and to proclaim that the kingdom of God is here, that the Savior has come, that all people are invited to turn and believe in me. And so he sent them out two by two to go to these various towns and to go door to door, which I know is is not the way we typically do it nowadays, but back then that was the way you spread news. That was the way you talked to people as you went door to door. And so Jesus says, I want you to go door to door and I want you to tell people The kingdom of God is here, and to believe in me, to trust in me. And he says, but here's the catch. I want you to go out to these outskirts, and I don't want you to pack a suitcase. I don't want you to pack an overnight bag. I don't want you to pack a lunch. I want you to just go with the clothes on your back and the shoes on your feet and go. And I will provide all that you need. And he did. He used the, the people that they, they went to and the circumstances that they, they were led into, and Jesus provided for his disciples on the mission every single step of the way. And so now, at breakfast, they see but one more example, one more repetition, that Jesus is the one who provides. Repetition is the mother of learning, and the disciples had a lot to learn, and Jesus was teaching them, you can trust me because I am the one who provides. So I want you to think about this. What is Jesus teaching you? What is Jesus, maybe in this story or in your life right now, what has he been repeating in front of you? What is he trying to teach you in your life? I think at the very least, as we reflect upon this story, I think Jesus is teaching us a couple of things too. He's teaching us that that he calls us, he calls you, to not return to your old ways, but to follow him into his new ways. Because here's what I know about us. That it may not be fishing, but we have things that we return to when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we're worried. And maybe it is fishing for you, <laughs> quite literally. But we have things we return to. Maybe it's, it's anger. We return to our anger towards a person, towards a circumstance, and we, we hang on to it, and we relish it, and we stay there. Maybe it's control. And when things feel out of control, you hunker down, and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on what I can control, or at least what I think I control, and I'm going to lean into that. Or, or maybe for you, it is, it is needing to protect your own. 
circle the wagons. I need to protect mine. I need to get mine. Those are old ways. Jesus comes to us, and he wants us to learn new ways. New ways like forgiveness, which means letting go of anger. New ways like trusting him who is in control, rather than us trying to to grab a hold of it ourselves. New ways like generosity, other than trying to circle the wagons and say, I need to to keep for myself, because if I don't, then I won't be provided for. But remember the one who calls you, the one who calls you to follow him into the new ways. He He is the one who forgives you already. We know it. We see him on the cross. He forgives you. We know it, that he's in control because he's right now at the right hand of God the Father, controlling all things, and we know that he's good. We, we can be generous because he's, he's been generous with us first. He gives you all that you need and more. And he invites you to, to trust him. And so he invites you all of your days to, to not return to the old ways, whatever that is for you, and to go with him in the new ways. And he will repeat that call to you over and over again because repetition is the mother of what? Learning. All right, some of you guys are getting it. Early service, it took them a few times. And Jesus will repeat himself so that his disciples learn, so that you learn to follow him. But more than that, that you would learn and know that he is the one who provides that the one you follow is the one who will provide for you every step of the way. Even when you don't know how, even when it's uncertain, just like he did for them, he will do the same for you. I'll close with this last thought. The word that Jesus uses when he says, you catch anything, guys? You catch any fish overnight? The word is kind of a general word for for like tidbit, or like food, or just any little thing. Um, and actually, in ancient, in ancient Greece, in ancient Greek language, sometimes that word that, that is used is sometimes translated as relish. So if you, if you want to have a laugh, read John 21, and Jesus, when he calls to them, say, hey, did you catch any relish last night, guys? And just read the, se- the section, and, and every time he says fish, put in the word relish. Here's where I bring this up, because Jesus, he's asking them a question, do you catch anything, even a little tidbit, even a little scrap? And when Jesus asks questions in the Gospels, a lot of times, the first answer to his question is the wrong one. That's kind of the way Jesus worked, is he would ask a seemingly obvious question, and the first answer you think of, most oftentimes, would be wrong. And so when he says, did you catch anything last night, do you got anything, and they say no, I think they're actually wrong. Because even though they don't have fish in the net, who do they have standing at the shore, calling to them, walking with them? They have Jesus. And Jesus wants them to learn that that when they have him, when you have him, You have all that you need. 
Because he is the one that, that calls you and he is the one that provides for you. And he will continue to do that. And he will repeat himself so that you learn to follow him and to trust him that he is the one who provides. Amen.